you, I guess you'll make things worse if you keep editing and editing and editing and maybe you lose some of the soul of it because I think sometimes the mistakes or maybe the parts that aren't 100% perfect are what make it feel more human and more alive. Welcome to Perennials, a podcast about growing up, getting wise, and trying to live a good life. I'm Victoria Russell. Today, I'm talking to Andy Feldman. Andy is a mechanical engineer and musician from New Jersey. He's the keyboardist for the Asbury Park-based jam band Secret Sound and regularly performs throughout New Jersey and New York. Andy also writes instrumental piano music and recently released his second EP, Rest and Be Thankful, through Sonderhouse Records. Andy and I went to the same high school. He was two grades above me in the same grade as my older sister Amanda and her now husband. They're also musicians, so they've played with Andy over the years, and I had a really good time talking to him about the creative process, what it's like for him to write and share his music, and also what it's like for him to balance a nine-to-five job in a different field with his very active life in music. His EP, Rest and Be Thankful, is so beautiful. You can find it on Spotify if you search Andy Feldman or Rest and Be Thankful. I also recently created a Perennials Podcast Spotify account, so if you search Perennials Podcast in Spotify, you can find that. And I created a mental health playlist of songs that I find really helpful when I am uh, going through some hard times with my mental health, as I have been recently, and I put one of Andy's songs on that playlist. Thank you to everyone who reached out to me after the most recent episode I did about anxiety and and some of the struggles I've been having lately. It definitely meant a lot to hear from people who just wanted to let me know that they were thinking about me or wanted to send some love or who wanted to let me know that they've struggled with similar things. So just thank you for listening and thank you for reaching out. And I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Victoria. Why don't we just start off by you introducing yourself, just like telling the listeners a little bit about you and what your life looks like. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm Andy. I live in New Jersey and born and raised, and I currently am a mechanical engineer as my job, and then my other job is playing music and basically doing as much of that as I can. I'm curious to know about some of your earliest memories of music or kind of like when do you feel like you you fell in love with music first? It was definitely very early on. I know when I was, I don't know if I remember specifically, but I was told that when I was like a baby, I would just go sit at the piano and kind of just bang on it and make a lot of noise um, and, you know, bring my snacks up there with me and just sit there for a long time. Um, so I was always, for some reason, interested in the piano. Um, I think it was my mom's when she was growing up. So we just always had it in the house. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of always was making noise on it. And then I think my parents were like, well, it'd be better if he played songs rather than just <laughs> making lots of noise. So I remember as a kid, my dad teaching me, um, I think three blind mice or like Mary had a little lamb, one of those and just being really frustrated trying to learn it. And yeah. And then from there, I just got lessons when I was five and 
kept playing. Um, and I had a really great teacher who kind of let me do what I w- wanted. Like I played, you know, lots of Disney songs and Star Wars songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that definitely kept me interested in the piano and just music in general. And I also was playing trumpet too because I couldn't play piano and band in school. Mm. So I picked that up. And yeah, I don't know. My dad always kind of played some guitar around the house. And so I always kind of heard some music and I just got really into it and always just wanted to keep playing. Did you feel like you had a natural kind of knack for the piano or do you feel like you like really had to work at it at first more so than having a natural talent for it or both? I guess I would say a little bit of both. It was definitely something I had to work at. Like I remember being frustrated as a kid, like trying to learn or to like trying to play with both hands at the same time and things like that. But I definitely always kind of just had a good ear for some reason. Um, So that always kind of helped me a lot um probably helped me like get by when I didn't practice enough or something um just because I could kind of hear what was happening happening and I don't know if that's just from I always just like to listen to music and I feel like I've always just had a song in my head or I definitely like you were saying like banging on pots and pans I was definitely always tapping a lot Mm -hmm. like just as a kid and now I probably annoy all my coworkers too. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just always had kind of music in my head and was just always thinking about it. I, I feel like learning an instrument takes a lot of discipline. Like even if you have a natural inclination and talent, there's also always going to be like, especially for someone who gets like technically good at it like you are like there's always going to be that discipline and work ethic required so do you was that something like are you a disciplined person by nature or did you do you feel like you learned discipline through um music or or what's your relationship to that I think that I think I can be a disciplined person and I kind of feel like I'm either like the extremes I'll either be super disciplined and really kind of hunker down and learn something or I'll just kind of not want to do that and I feel like I've probably done both with the piano like I definitely practiced a lot but a lot of times I feel like I could have I guess like quote-unquote practiced more I definitely played a lot like I was Mm -hmm. playing the piano constantly maybe not always what I was like supposed to be playing but I was just always playing which kind of is practicing (laughs) in a way um so I guess I was disciplined in that I would always want be wanting to play um I definitely could have practiced certain things more and I feel like now that um I guess I'm further along in like my music um I feel like I use my music as a place to not be so disciplined Mm -hmm. like I feel like in other parts of my life or work um, is more where I have to, you know, think about things and maybe be more specific about everything. In my music, I kind of don't want that. I kind of want it to just be like a free, like more 
more from like the heart kind of thing versus the brain. Mm. Um, so like I always think like like man, I should go practice and really like that would like help me like get to the next level. Like if I sat down and like just learned some more things or did more sight reading. Um, but yeah, it's hard to just do that. I think partially just time wise, but some of it is. I think I just want to, when I sit at the piano, I just want to play kind of what I want to play. <laughs> yeah. And I would imagine because like you have a certain level of like proficiency at this point, like you, I'm sure you can do a lot. So like. Right. Yeah. Some of it is right. Like you put in that time, you know, years ago doing all the practicing and learning and, and, um, and like in college I minored in music. So I, did a lot of theory classes yeah. and jazz lessons and um so yeah I mean it was definitely a lot of hard work um and I think now I'm just kind of like I guess I don't want to do that like yeah. I <laughs> deep down I deep down I want to so I can like I want to improve and get better and I mean I think I still am it's just I'm doing it through like playing with people who challenge me mm -hmm. um versus just like sitting down and running scales or, or learning pieces. I always find it so interesting how people, there are a lot of really good musicians who are very like science and math minded, I guess more, more disciplined and like detail oriented. And so I'm so fascinated by people who can like cross the different um, sides of like their brain. I guess some of the more like technical things like math and science, they're also in a way kind of creative too because mm -hmm. um i guess both in music and more technical things it's kind of if you boil it down you kind of have a problem and you need to solve it and often you do that creatively mm. um whether it's you know using math or music you're trying to it's kind of like a puzzle and you're trying to put it together whether it's a song or you know something else that's interesting. I hadn't thought of something like music like as problem solving, but that makes a lot of sense cuz actually when I think about like writing, so I write poetry and like when mm -hmm. I when I first started writing, I made it I would make like games for myself and like I would I did make it into a problem solving thing like to get started before I like you know, it can be intimidating to just look at a blank page and be like how do you like how do you do this so you know mm -hmm. I'd read other people's stuff and then I would just like make up these parameters for myself like okay I'm gonna like flip through the dictionary and pick out at random six words and I have to use them or I have to use this form or you know I'm gonna try to um riff off of this person's poem or whatever so I hadn't right. thought of it with that vocabulary but that makes a lot of sense that there's like a problem solving aspect and oftentimes like giving myself those parameters like brought out more creativity in me because it was like unlocking different parts of my brain and kind of challenging me in a different way right and sometimes you just like you need something to get started rather than you're yeah. like, all right, let's sit down and write or play something. And you're like, well, there's a billion things. So, yeah. <laughs> but if you have a couple little rules to kind of focus on and get just something flowing and then it kind of can come from there. Yeah. And I know that you studied music in college and I know you've played with bands a lot. Um, when did you start writing music? I guess like I first remember writing music in high school I feel like I probably started making up 
things on piano earlier, but I don't know if I thought of it as me writing right. a song. Um, but definitely, I definitely remember like senior of high school sitting down and being like, okay, I'm going to try to write a song and, you know, write lyrics and record it. And, um, and I don't know, for a while, I think I never thought of my piano songs as like songs for some reason mm -hmm. for a long time I only thought of more like popular music as my songs mm. but I was definitely always kind of fooling around on piano and making pieces and things like that so if you wrote something with lyrics you would think like that's a song but if you wrote something instrumental you didn't necessarily think of it as a song yeah I think I just didn't take it as seriously for whatever reason and probably not until kind of very recently like maybe the mm -hmm. past three years I think it was I think because a lot of my piano stuff were more they kind of stem from like improvisation so they weren't something that I really was like okay I'm gonna write this out um but I guess I used to put my music on SoundCloud when I was in college and my piano music always seemed to get a better response. And I was like, I guess maybe this is a thing. And then <laughs> I more recently, I've realized that um, piano music is kind of a big thing that people listen to for like relaxing or studying mm -hmm. or background music. Um, so then I kind of started taking that music a little more seriously and trying to put it out there. Do you remember the first time that you shared a song that you had written with somebody else? Like, was that something that was difficult for you? I think it was definitely difficult. Again, I kind of think of it in two ways. I think my piano music I was more okay with, but um, my more popular style songs that have like lyrics, I think felt more personal and kind of weird to share. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, I think I just felt kind of probably like a little insecure, not confident enough to fully share those things. And even I never really um, did much with my music. Um, actually, in general, even my piano music, I never really did much with until really the past like two or three years. Um, I guess in college, I played in a band um, with some friends and we played some of my own songs. But that was easier because like I had a band around me. So yeah. it's kind of like our collective thing rather than me. I guess last summer, the band I played in, play in now, Secret Sound, had a gig at it's like Asbury Park Porch Fest. It was just a festival with music on everyone's porches down in Asbury. It was oh, really cool. cool. And kind of last minute, the band couldn't make it. And I was just like, screw it. I'll go do it myself. <laughs> And I uh, played my own music for really that was kind of like my first time just playing my own music alone and by myself. And it felt really good. And that's kind of what got me back into like, oh, maybe I should start doing this more again. Because a lot of my time had been the past few years have been kind of focused on playing in my bands and stuff. Mm. And that took a lot of time. So I didn't write as much the past probably like five years or so as I did in college or high school. That's so interesting that like this opportunity presented itself to you and 
it could have gone either way. Like you could have just been like, oh, the band's not able to do it. So like, I guess it's not happening. And, you know, maybe that wouldn't have given, you wouldn't have had the push then to like really pursue it. But it's cool that just deciding to say yes to that moment, you know, opened it up for you. Yeah, I kind of think of it as like, <laughs> like my, um, my fear of like letting people down finally outweighed <laughs> my fear of being like self-conscious about yeah. my music. <laughs> so I just went and did it because I don't know. I felt like, oh man, we can't just cancel last minute. And I don't know. I just, I was just like, I have to go do it. <laughs> That's really great. You, It's your integrity. Your integrity yeah. <laughs> led you to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm always so curious about the names of instrumental pieces. Like, do you find just putting a name on one of your instrumental pieces, is that vulnerable too? Like in the way that lyrics obviously can can make you feel like pretty vulnerable um, or a little nervous <laughs> about how might, people might receive it or, or perceive it. Um, is even just putting a name on a piece like kind of a I feel like that must be like an interesting moment like at what point in the process does the name come and and is that ever is that like a big moment because I feel like with poetry like every especially if you're writing like a really short poem like every single piece of it carries a lot of weight because there's not a lot to it so like the name carries a lot of weight and where you choose to like break a line carries all this weight and you can just like tinker with all of it for a long time um so when it comes to naming those pieces what is that like it's hard it's definitely it's definitely harder to name my instrumental pieces because i with a song with lyrics i guess you could always just you know pull like a piece yeah. of the chorus out and that's the name yeah <laughs> um yeah, sometimes it's really hard and I don't really know what to name them. And sometimes I'll just try to sit with the piece and be like, what does this make me think of or feel like? Um, I'd say probably 50-50, half of them I have a name beforehand or maybe I am kind of wrote it by improvising on some theme I was thinking of. Um, but then the other half... Um, yeah, it's hard. And sometimes I guess it is kind of vulnerable to to pick a name also um, because, right, it kind of says what your piece is about yeah. and what you're what you are personally feeling about it. The title of my current album and the the title song on it, that piece I wrote without a name and I was kind of like, man, I don't know what to name this. And um I was just thinking of, it's named after a place I went in Scotland that I thought was really cool and kind of had a nice meaning, um, which is rest and be thankful. And it's about basically this high point on a road in Scotland that led down to, used to be, I think like an army road. And I guess it was at the top of a hill. So you were supposed to, when you reach the top, there's a little like sign that said rest and be thankful, mm -hmm. like kind of look at the nice view in front of you and take a minute to relax and be thankful for what you have and what's mm -hmm. in front of you. And I thought that was kind of a nice message and I thought it fit the music well. So I ended up using that 
as my title. Yeah, that's a really beautiful one. Actually, do you think I could play like a little snippet of that in the episode? Yeah, definitely. Magically, it'll be right here when the episode comes out. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about how like with um, with instrumental music, like you can be kind of hidden, like you as the person creating it can be kind of hidden in something that is abstract. And like, I think like with poetry, sometimes people will write from a the speaker, a speaker who isn't them, right? But like, they're still kind of, Mm -hmm. they must be writing about something that comes from somewhere inside of them because it's coming from somewhere. Um, But then I would just think that, yeah, like the naming process is where like you can kind of show your hand a little bit. And and I was just thinking about how like, I would imagine it must be a pretty like, kind of like a bodily, like intuitive experience to write an instrumental piece where like, you don't have to know like what it's about, right? (laughs) Or like, if it's about anything like it can just be about like feeling right so yeah i just i just like find that so interesting that it can be totally abstract because if you're writing with words like you're always kind of trying to get at some idea um unless it's like a super modern uh, abstract written piece but um, like with music you can just go with like a feeling i guess or or whatever yeah and there's definitely like songs in the instrumental piano world that yeah you'll just see like the name is like i don't know like rain on a wednesday morning or something (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like i guess literally what the person was thinking of at the time when they wrote it and what the piece sounds like to them Mm. how does it usually start for you like the writing process um i usually just kind of sit down and play I just kind of sit down with the intention of playing whatever even if it's wrong or bad sounding just kind of accidentally stumbling on ideas and just kind of building from there and I never really I never write down any of my music Um, I kind of they all pretty much start out as some kind of improvisation and then over time, I'll just kind of keep playing with the idea and build it into a song. And I kind of feel like the writing happens sometimes like when I'm away from the piano and I'll just be thinking about the song in my head and trying to think of what, maybe what I can move around or where I could go places with it. And then kind of the final step of actually recording it, I feel like is actually where I do a lot of writing also. Because I think being in like a recording studio or just or in my house, just having the record button on, it kind of changes your whole mindset. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like, all right, well, now I can't mess up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess I have, you know, you have unlimited takes, but there's kind of a more pressure to it. And sometimes you'll make mistakes or I'll play something I don't intend to but sometimes that will lead me somewhere 
or since it's recorded, I can listen back to it and kind of be like, oh, you know, that actually sounds good. Or maybe this leads to a different idea and takes a song somewhere I never really thought about. Um, And I think actually kind of recording it helps that a lot because I can hear it back or I don't know, maybe it's just the pressure of having to do it. I feel kind of like I was saying before how music can be kind of like a puzzle and I'm trying to fit the pieces Mm -hmm. together. Um, maybe you find like a piece that you weren't expecting and it changes things, but it fits nicely and you just kind of go with it. Yeah, someone, I can't remember who said this, but someone I know said like, you should never know the ending of the poem before you start writing it. Like, (laughs) and it's much more interesting to start with a question and maybe mm-hmm. and even end with a question than to be like, to, I'm going to sit down and I know like exactly what I'm trying to say. Like a lot of of the act of creating is about like just like working through questions. And um, and I feel like it's really cool that like you said, like with something like recording, like you can hear it in this different way and like you can take accidents or mistakes and like use them to to like discover something that that you wouldn't have if you were just like knew exactly what you were doing from the beginning and were like it has to be this way right do you feel like um because I know like with writing I feel like you can just edit forever and ever and I there's also someone who says like a poem is never finished it's just abandoned do you (laughs) do you feel like that with with music like what's your take on the editing process I've definitely struggled with that a lot. Um, I feel like less so with my piano music um, versus like my more like, I guess, popular style music. Um, I'm not sure why. Maybe I feel more confident in my piano playing or there's just like less moving parts. Like it's just the piano and that's it. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's definitely... You know, I I know every little thing that I didn't intend to be there or anything that I guess doesn't sound 100% perfect to me that no one else will know. Yeah. Um, and it definitely is harder with my um, songs where they're singing too and more instruments um, because there's just so many more things that you could fix or that could go wrong. And... I think that's part of what I've struggled with in the past is kind of being able to say, okay, I'm done now. And I think a lot of it is just kind of partially just being afraid to put it out into the world and be like, okay, world, let me know what you think. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, um, and some of that, um, lately I've been trying to work with other people intentionally that's something I've kind of shied away from in the past. I think I kind of always liked having all of the control over my music. Um, and par- probably partially out of like fear. Like it was probably like an easy way to be like, oh, I like I can just fix it forever because there's no one else involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so like this last piano EP, um, I worked with a small label, a small label called Sonder House out of um, uh, New York State and 
they I was talking to them and they're like, oh, we work with a studio in Brooklyn. You should go um, maybe do an EP for us. So I went in and um, it was just different having an, another pair, or multiple pairs of ears to be like, yeah, this is good and you're done. And I really tried to just trust them. It was really hard because I think I really like to be nitpicky, especially with my music and be like, no, like we need another take or we need yeah. to fix that one note. Um, but I tried to intentionally just kind of trust them with it because that's something that I never did before. And I think it always held me back just wanting to constantly fix it and not feel like it was good enough. So yeah, I just kind of tried to like let go of the control of the whole thing and just play my music and let them handle the rest. And if they thought it was good, I'd, say I'm done <laughs> it's a good life lesson right <laughs> like let <it> yeah go. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah because there's there's just a point where yeah there's you I guess you'll make things worse if you keep editing and editing yeah. and editing and maybe you lose some of the soul of it because I think sometimes the mistakes or maybe the parts that aren't a hundred percent perfect are what make it feel more human and more alive Ooh, i think we just found the pull quote for the beginning of the episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely like a little element of magic that you can't like explain you know you can't like it's not just like a formula um and it's it's in the imperfection and yeah you can definitely just like edit to death i can relate to that and yeah it's interesting even like when there's something that you've written a while ago and sometimes you go back and you're like, I just don't, I don't have this anymore. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. have you had that with piece, with music where like you've been working on something and let it go and then like you've tried to go back to it and you just kind of can't anymore? Yeah, there's definitely like ideas or sketches I've had that I thought would be something and never were or... Sometimes it works the other way. I'll write lyrics or music and just be like, I, it doesn't feel right now, but then sometimes I'll come back to it and be like, for whatever reason, it's like, now's the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's time to use it. I find like I write the most when I'm reading the most, um, especially like with poetry, especially oftentimes a poem will come because I just read someone else's poem and like, it's like I want to enter into conversation with it in some mm -hmm. way. Um, do you do you feel like when you're writing music, does it ever feel like that? Like you're like entering into a conversation or you're riffing off of things that you've been listening to or Yeah, I think definitely with my pop music, that's definitely a thing that happens where I'll hear a song or be listening to an artist a lot and kind of want to write a song and that's kind of stylistically similar to that or it'll inspire me to maybe write a part for a different instrument I hadn't used before um, just kind of try to capture that certain vibe with my piano music I don't think I really do that I don't I feel like I feel kind of weird sometimes because I don't the piano music that I write I guess technically I'm like new age or contemporary classical and I really don't listen to that kind of music much mm. um 
I feel like my piano music is more um, probably of like an emotional connection to me. Like I feel like sometimes I'll just feel like I have to go write a piano song. Mm -hmm. I think it more comes out of events in my life, whereas my pop music might come more from like a musical inspiration. Mm -hmm. Who or yeah, who's an artist that recently you've been like, oh, I really want to write something like that person. In general, I feel like I've been writing a lot of things that have more of like a folky Americana vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been like, I've been listening to a lot of like his golden messenger and kind of things like that. And I think a lot of the more recent pop songs I've written have been a little more, yeah, like Americana folky vibe. Um, and I guess it maybe entered my piano music, which without my realizing it, someone I had, there was one blog that reviewed my, my song rest and be thankful. And they said that they thought they heard all these other influences like, and they mentioned Americana and like mm -hmm. jazz and blues, which I found interesting because I didn't really think that was the case. Um, so maybe these other things do enter my piano music without me realizing it. That is one of the cool things about actually sharing whatever you're creating is that sometimes also, I guess there can be negative parts of putting too much stock in what other people say about you or what yeah. you created, <laughs> but then there can be the positive of people seeing or hearing things that you didn't. And then like, that can be really cool people can make you think about your own your own like art in a different way it felt really good I felt like that guy really like got it and really understood my song which felt like amazing um but yeah what were you saying what you were saying with about feedback I feel like now that I'm putting myself out there more it's definitely something I'm trying to um just be aware of it's easy to be I think like caught up in being trying to get the feedback and then dwelling on the negative feedback. I kind of notice if someone says something not that great, I like really remember that. Yep. But and it doesn't matter how many people are like, "Oh, that's great." I'm like, yep. "Oh, they're just saying that." Yep. Like, or something. <laughs> but so yeah, it's just like I'm just trying to be aware of it and not I guess just not think about it much. Yeah, it's so funny. I mentioned this in another episode, but um, there's all these studies about how our brains work and how we latch on to negative things like Velcro and positive stuff is like like just cotton candy. Like, yeah, we, because we're just like so wired to look for threat, you know, that we just, yeah, you could get 50 really nice comments and one terrible one. And like, what's the thing you're going to remember? Which actually is why I feel like your your title of rest and be thankful resonated with me because it's like a little reminder to uh take a moment and actually think about the good stuff you know <laughs> right and I think it was I think it's also I think I chose it also sort of as like a reminder to myself because I think a lot of my other piano songs are more I think they're more about like probably like needing or wanting something or or looking into the past or the future mm -hmm. and like finally I was like how about 
having a song that's about right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's funny. Um, I think about how, like, I've also mentioned in another episode that, like, I've never submitted my writing to any sort of, like, print publication or anything like that because it is just, like, so scary to me. But I have, like, I have done readings and things like that. And, um, mm-hmm. It's interesting how like it is so different to like perform or to share something with a live audience versus um, putting something, recording something or publishing something and knowing that it's going to live out there and people are going to be able to respond to it without like looking in your eyes, you know, <laughs> like because even though right. like performing can of course give you like nerves and be a little bit scary, it is like transient, you know, like okay what happens in this room with these people like is uh it's not gonna i mean i do i have like probably one or two there are probably one or two videos on youtube floating around of like readings that i've done but it's it feels so different um i can imagine it's similar with music like the the act of like performing live for a big group of people is so different from like recording and then putting it out there and um yeah, when I actually, when I submitted something, uh, or I have something, I have a poem that's part of this project that's like a, um, an animation project. So it's like my poem, they recorded me reading it, and then an, uh, an artist is going to be animating um, a video mm-hmm. to go with it. And I just like agonized over that. So like <laughs> agonized over like whether I should submit. And then once it was accepted, like the editing was just like so painful because it was like, oh no, like this is going to live out there. And kind of like what you were saying about collaborating with other people, like I have no idea what the artist, um, the animator is going to do with it, you know, like how they're going to interpret it. And it's like a whole other level of uh, insecurity or, you know, vulnerability. Um, So I'm curious to hear your reflections on on performing and, and playing with a band versus recording and and also like recording solo stuff yeah i think um that's a good point definitely that like when you're performing it's like it is about the song and the piece but it's also about the performance Mm -hmm. and you can you can like cover up mistakes with the performance um, and you can respond can, to the audience too. Like, oh, I'm not going to do this thing next because they didn't really seem to like that <laughs> one. And right, like, right. And it's also, I think it just feels different because you're there. It's almost like you're there to defend yourself. Like, if yeah. someone was like, oh, I don't like that, you're kind of like, oh, well, I could like explain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if if your music's just or your poem is just out there, someone could say something. And you're not there. Like, you can't respond necessarily. Yeah. You don't yeah. know what they're thinking. You can't, like, curate the environment that it's going to be yeah. in um, versus if you're performing. And also, I feel like just in general, people probably are more lenient with a performance. Mm-hmm. Like, you could be like, oh, I had an off night or, like, made a mistake or something yeah. um, rather than you being like, this is my finished product that I think is perfect and here it is (laughs) and people are hearing it differently too like there's such a difference between being in a space and especially if you're like 
if you're playing at a bar and everyone's like having a great time and it's like really loud, you know, like that's just so different from someone sitting in their room, like listening to a recording, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you one time telling me you had a professor who said like that song, She's So High is like a perfect pop song. Do you remember saying this? <laughs> I don't remember saying that, but I did that I do remember that I had a professor use that song as an example in a composition class. <laughs> and I specifically remember it because um he printed out the lyrics and it said I forget who it said it was by, but I was like, that's the wrong artist. Like <laughs> I don't know where he got the lyrics from, but it had the artist name wrong. <laughs> And uh, but yeah, I yeah, that did happen. I remember that. I think that just stuck with you saying that always stuck with me because <laughs> um, I love that song. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, I was just thinking about how they're like in thinking about songs that like when people perform them just make you feel so good. I was wondering like if there's a song that you cover that always makes you feel really good when you play it live and like maybe you even wish that like you had written or you could write a song like that. With my band, like if we're playing like a bar gig, we do a bunch of covers and probably my favorite is I Can't Go For That by Hall oh, & Oates. yeah, that's great. We just like do this weird funky cover of it and um, I just love it. I think it's because the, the verse part is kind of, it's kind of like funky and um, it's like a dominant seven based verse and then the chorus is this big like major seven um just i don't know i feel like we just bring it to this level that's so high and it just like you're in this kind of minor things and it just builds and builds in this big major chord in the chorus and it just i just like love it <laughs> it's like my favorite song to play with the band so many hollow notes songs are just like so satisfying um, yeah <laughs> and i remember uh amanda my sister, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> for those who don't know. I remember her <laughs> saying that one of her music professors said that music, good music is all about like, or maybe just music period, is all about like tension and release. Um, right. And I started noticing that in songs ever since she said that. And it's so interesting. Like, yeah, there is something like songs where... Uh, there is tension like in the verse and then you get to the chorus and there's just this release and it's like yeah you get some sort of like surge of I don't know dopamine or something in your brain like when there's a great song that does that yeah it's weird that I guess for whatever reason like our brains just want to hear chords resolve in a certain way I like I don't know why yeah. <laughs> do you turn to certain types of music as a way of like regulating emotions or physically how you're feeling yeah I don't know what it is exactly but there's definitely certain times where I'll just be like today's a, a jazz day or <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna go to sleep so I'll listen to like some piano music or something um put on your own EP yeah maybe <laughs> do you listen to your own stuff yeah I do um I don't know. I mean, lately I feel like I'm listening to it a lot, but it's more because I'm like trying to send it out places. So I'm like um, trying to listen to figure out 
what song might fit best mm-hmm. in someone's playlist. So I'm trying to listen for that. And that's also a weird experience. Um, sometimes I'll send someone or a playlist or a song and completely expect like a certain song to be the one that they'll like mm-hmm. and that fits their playlist or mood and sometimes they'll pick a completely different song and so it's just weird I guess with I guess different people just connect different things to the songs than I would yeah how do you manage that like creatively how do you now that you are putting your music out there how do you kind of manage um creating just like what you want to create and what you want to listen to and creating things with an audience in mind that's a good question because that's something I um, definitely thought about a lot with this EP. Because um, the EP of piano music I did before was literally just, you know, I did it on my own. It was just what I wanted to do. Um, and a lot of my music, or some of it, I definitely like to have sort of like an improvisatory section in it. Um, but since I was working with this label this time, um, they're really focused towards like neoclassical relaxing kind of, um, Mm. piano music. So I had to kind of cut that out of some of my songs or choose or write songs that more fit in that lane of, um, of that genre. And it was weird because part of me is like, I'm like, am I selling out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, I had songs that kind of fit in that lane, and it was just, it was just kind of different playing with, I guess, a purpose in mind that wasn't necessarily my own, mm-hmm. that didn't come from me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely weird, kind of transferring from just kind of creating for the sake of creating and now like it's sort of like like a business now like you like I have you know like I'm trying to get on playlists and get plays and all of that is also like marketing and business and it's not just about you know what I creatively want to do like obviously I want to try to push my music and my vision for it but um definitely this ep was kind of thoughtfully or purposely made with the idea of it being like a relaxing ep yeah it's like such an interesting tension um in i think like pretty much any creative person who decides to share what they're doing like at some point there's going to be a question um of how much you do just like this is just exactly what I feel like doing at this moment versus like okay in order to kind of like keep doing this or and like to get my name out there or whatever I you know I'm gonna do some things that I think people other people want too it's like it is a really interesting tension yeah and I guess I mean part of my thought is if I do this and you know like I've gotten on some like relaxing piano playlists and now if people follow me I have more of an audience to put out maybe something that is 
slightly less in that lane and more of something I creatively want to do. Mm-hmm. Not to say that my EP like isn't what I want to do. Like it is my songs, but there are definitely there is like a couple songs where maybe I had went into more like kind of jazzy or or like bluesy sections that I definitely like kind of tailored a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, or some of the songs we recorded that I haven't released yet um, are more like that. But um, yeah, I mean, they're still like my songs and I still love them and they're still, they still like came from me. They're just, um, I guess I just more pick and choose, picked and chose the songs that I thought would better fit in that lane. Yeah. Um, You're curating. Right. Yes, it's definitely right. Curating what ones of my songs will fit that audience versus just kind of creating, I guess, the EP that I want to create. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking too, like the other, like, at the very beginning, you mentioned that you're a mechanical engineer. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> like, you also have this whole other part of your life, which is that Monday to Friday, I'm guessing, like, nine to five is uh, that you have a whole full-time job, right? Um, right. So, is that is it difficult to balance, like, all of this together? I've always been so impressed by it, even, like, um, just seeing how... I remember when like you and Amanda and Andy and everyone first graduated and like I think you got your engineering job pretty much right away right but like I remembered seeing that you were like playing and like that I remember seeing like that you were keeping it up and like playing a lot on the weekends and stuff and I was always like good for Andy like that's really awesome because a lot of people like it's hard to adjust to becoming an adult and like having a job and it's it can even when you're young and like, you know, still have relatively a lot of freedom, just having a job can suck so much like energy out of people sometimes that it's hard to, uh, to keep up with other things. So I'm curious to know, like one, when you were choosing like college and what to study, you know, what, was there ever a part of you that was like, oh, I really want to like major in music? Um, or did you always kind of know that you that you wanted something like I don't know maybe more stable and then like once you actually graduated and it was time to like uh, get a job and everything was it difficult for you to like keep music such a big part of your life I went into college hoping to do as much music as I possibly could there were times where I debated majoring in it um and yeah, I don't know why I didn't. I was thinking about this earlier. I feel like sometimes I feel like, well, I I didn't really think I ever wanted to teach music. And also part of me didn't think that I that like the gigging life would be for me constantly. Mm-hmm. Like I like I love playing shows and get doing gigs. Um, but definitely can be tiring. Um, and a lot of times you know, when my friends are free on weekends, I'll be like, oh, I have a show. I can't, (laughs) I can't hang out at night or something. Um, so it's kind of nice not having to rely on that. Um, but also sometimes I thought maybe I was just, um, 
like not confident enough at the time to be like, yeah, I'm going for it. I'm going to do music. Um, so I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe it was some of both, but I definitely always liked engineering and thought of engineering as a possible um, career because I always liked like science and math and, um, and yeah, like I was saying earlier, I do feel like they're related in that they're both kind of problem solving in a way. Um, so like engineering can be creative also. So I do feel like it can be a creative outlet in a different way than music. Um, but yeah, I definitely kind of wasn't sure at times, but I specifically liked Lafayette College because um well they had a good engineering program but also the music program was small enough that and also was not in like a different college that I could kind of do as many music classes as I wanted so I could um you know I played in like every band I could and took a lot of music classes and I mean, ended up minoring in music and I did like a project with a professor. Um, so I definitely always wanted to do as much as possible. And then when I graduated, um, I ended up playing with Quincy Mumford for a little bit. And then I kind of ended up just each band that I played in, I kind of met through my previous band so it just kind of worked as I started knowing more people in the scene um but it's definitely hard like I remember um sometimes like being offered gigs or you know different shows that would be cool and I just wouldn't be able to because you know I had work or I couldn't take off or something like that um and it definitely can be tiring but I think it's just I guess I've never thought of I never had the idea that I wouldn't be doing music. Like, I kind of feel like if I live to be 100, I'll still be playing piano. Maybe I'll, like, die at the piano or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't imagine not playing. Yeah. Um. So I kind of, I almost feel like it's involuntary. Like, it's, like, I guess I do consciously choose to spend a lot of time. And it's definitely can be tiring to you know, work a full day and then come home and then play a gig till like one in the morning or something. Um, but it's, um, yeah, I guess I think I just feel like I sort of have to do it. Like it's just part of me, like I want to play music and it's going to happen somehow. Yeah. It makes me think about a writer that I like. Um, her name is Glennon Doyle and she talks about how like when her, when she had like little kids, she had to wake up at like 4 a.m to she had a blog and like she'd wake up at 4 a.m every day and then like write for an hour or whatever and then hit publish whenever she was done and then like you know get up with the kids and like do whatever she had to do with them and she was like yeah I didn't sleep as much but like it gave me something else that I really needed you know and like she couldn't imagine not doing it that was just what she had to do like to do it and um it just makes me so happy like when when you can see that people are doing something that they just love and like they would do it no matter what, like they'll do it like what you're saying, like you'll do it no matter what. It just makes me feel happy to see people do that because 
I do think that, especially with creative stuff, people can lose touch with something that they used to love to do for various right. reasons. And and then on the flip side, there's people who like claim to want to do things, but like they don't actually do them all that much, you know, which is like kind of interesting too. Like uh-huh. there's so many people who say that they want to like be a writer or something, but like they don't actually ever really write. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Um, So for like regardless, whatever reason, I think there's so many different ways of just doing life period and also like being creative. And uh, I just think it's cool that you have kept doing it and are like choosing to share it now too. Yeah. And I think um, part of sharing my music now is also kind of realizing what about music I actually like the most. Cause I think there is, I guess like I'm trying to learn to say no to things more. I used mm-hmm. to just feel like I had to accept every gig and every music opportunity. And I think some of it was because I felt like maybe because it's not my full-time thing. Like I need to like just take every possible thing I could. Um, and I mean, it's definitely like it's good to be like a go-getter and you know like that but I think like I'm now that I like have a like a pretty steady gig with a band and kind of have my own stuff I'm trying to think of what I really want to do versus maybe what I think like maybe what I think other people think I should do as a musician (laughs) yeah um like I got offered to play some weddings recently and I don't know, I was really struggling with it because part of me was like, oh, I should do it. Like it's decent money. Like I'll meet some new musicians I've never played with. Maybe I'll like open more opportunities or, you know, it's just another gig. But I started thinking that I was like, I really don't want to play cover music that much. And it was like during the summer, I was like, I'll probably want to, if I have off from my normal band, I'll want to hang out and be at the beach or something. Um, I heard, I think it was another podcast I was listening to, and um, they used the analogy of um, like you're climbing a ladder and that sometimes people get to the top and realize that their ladder was against the wrong wall the whole time. Yeah. And so I'm trying to like not like I'm trying to just be conscious of doing things that I actually want to do musically rather than feeling like I have to. Yeah. I think I probably used to feel a little like I think because it's not my full time thing, I would feel like I don't know, maybe like I had to prove that like I could do Mm -hmm. it. So I would just kind of take every single opportunity or maybe I thought that people wouldn't offer me things as much Mm because maybe I would feel they wouldn't see me as like like a full-time like real musician because it's not like my full-time job yeah that makes total sense and it kind of in some ways it also kind of harkens back to something we were saying earlier about like when you put in your dues early on, like you do all the practicing, you learn all the scales and all that, like as right. time goes on, you, you've like built up the muscle and you have the discernment to be able to realize like, 
when to uh what what rules to bend and like how to improvise on what you actually want to do like I guess you find your voice but there's a level of grunt work that goes in earlier on right right I feel like it's probably similar with even just figuring out what it means to be a musician yeah there's a question that I like to ask most people that I talk to on the podcast which is and in some ways I feel like you kind of just spoke to this but um what is something that you're learning about or growing into right now and it could be about music or it could just be like in life (laughs) yeah something that I'm learning or growing into is definitely what I was saying like kind of saying no to things but I think also just realizing as I get older what my strengths and weaknesses are and um I guess being okay with that like I'm Mm. realizing that I'm like just not that great with handling like big changes (laughs) Mm -hmm. um like I don't know I guess I've just had a lot of like bigger life things in the past few years and um, I guess I thought that I'd be able to handle them fine and just kind of found that, yeah, big changes like make me anxious and feel weird. Um, like even even getting my cat recently, like I love cats. I've had cats my whole life. I would have never thought that it would make me like anxious. But <laughs> after I got the cat, I was like, oh, man, can I handle this? Is this too much? <laughs> um it's just like another responsibility, I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like recognizing that internally I might be kind of panicking a little, but that doesn't mean that, you know, things are actually wrong. Yeah. I've kind of started to notice that if I don't play a gig for like a few weeks, I think I just start to feel like a little like riled up and anxious. Like, mm. I think I like need that release. Like, it's just a big... uh yeah, it's just like a big release of energy, and it's kind of like one of those t- one of those few places that I think I can just kind of like really be in the moment. Like I guess, like as they say, like flow state rather than thinking about everything. Yeah. I can just be in the moment on stage, and I feel like that's one of the only places that I really can do that. So if I don't do that for a while, I think I definitely notice it in myself and how I feel yeah I just heard um the comedian Pete Holmes on Dax Shepard's um armchair expert podcast and he was Uh saying that like his wife uh Pete Holmes was saying that his wife will turn to him sometimes and be like I think you need to do a show like (laughs) she can tell that he's like keyed up and and yeah it's like what you were saying about um so often like we can be I think the the cool thing about music is that it is just so much like you're so like in your body when you're like I mean I don't play an instrument but like with singing that was the case and I would imagine like with an instrument you're just like you do have to just be so present it brings you like out of your head and out of like all of your stories and you're like ruminating on past or future or whatever and it is just like so good for us I feel like yeah I guess you just have like an immediate response like I press a key and I hear a sound and it's like that's my job for the next however many minutes is just doing that 
much for listening to the perennials podcast i'm victoria russell if you enjoyed the episode please share it with a friend subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or leave a review on itunes it really helps other people to find the show you can follow along on instagram at perennials podcast and feel free to send me an email at perennialspodcast at gmail.com the song you're hearing now is stay with me by andy feldman